Check, check, check. We are doing intros again. Said I, I said I wasn't going to do intros on this season, but here we are. I'm doing intros. Just feels feels kind of weird without them. But anyway, welcome to another episode of the Make Dope Shit Podcast. Today, my guest is my buddy Garrett Collier. Garrett is a multifaceted producer, content creator, and currently is working as the head of production over at 4x3 Studios, doing a bunch of work with their with all of the comedy specials that they're taping over there and has a wide range of experience with video production, brand building, marketing, all that kind of stuff. In this episode, we talk about his role at 4x3 and what it's like traveling all over the country shooting comedy specials. We get into how the YouTube comedy special boom has really changed and shaped the landscape there. We talk about his journey into video production and dig into some insights around his creative processes and, and all sorts of other things there. So as per usual, check out the links in the description to follow Garrett and his work and to see links of anything mentioned in the episode today. And yeah, without further ado, my conversation with Garrett Collier. Um, all right, we're rolling. Ooh, I'm gonna have to, may have to tweak levels on the fly. We'll see. Um, Garrett, welcome. Um, welcome to my living room. Welcome to uh, the first first episode of this second batch of the podcast that I'm doing here. Um, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess we'll get started. Um, I'll let you kind of kind of intro yourself, what you do, all that kind of stuff, and we'll we'll just jump in. Yeah. Um, well, first, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, this is super cool when you hit me up about this. I was pretty excited. I've done one other podcast before, so this <laughs> nice. this is my second. It's pretty cool. Uh pretty cool to be on one with my, with you, you know, having a friend ask me something like that. But uh yeah, to get into it a little bit about myself. I am a producer and content creator here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um I work for a Right now, a company called 4x3, we produce original comedy specials and independent films. I am <clears throat> primarily on the comedy side of things, so <clears throat> you know, I reach out to comedians, I book dates, I, I find us uh, comedians in different cities that are looking for a special. Um, at least in the beginning, it was a lot of uh, lead sourcing and generating, but now you know, we've kind of established a brand big enough brand and following that comics are kind of coming to us. So I'm still awesome. doing a lot of that, like, uh, communicating, outreaching when it's necessary. And then I'm also on the production side of things. So like, um, we don't really have a title for my position, but we kind of go back and forth between producer and head of production. So basically when we do get to these, uh, different cities, different clubs and work with these comedians on the, the night of their taping, you know, I'm kind of in charge of just making sure that the cameras are where they need to be. The audio is plugged into the board that all the, um, aspects of capturing the performance are kind of going smoothly and, um, getting done. So that's a big part of what I do. Um, and then I also, uh, do a lot of just like brand building and marketing and, uh, content creation in general. Right now there's a, uh, um, a, a music festival company out in Los Angeles that I'm doing some, like I'm just helping with their campaign, um, to promote this festival. It's on, uh, New Year's and it's in like San Bernardino's right outside of Los Angeles. So right now I'm helping them with like uh, getting post uh, 
I've kind of just a lot of general like social media management work, which is what I do a lot of uh, for the comedy brand as well. Um, so I'm like helping them create like little edits, stories, posts, replying to comments, posting stories, just making sure that content is one being created and then one getting up on their page. And I'm kind of collaborating with the current um, brand manager for that project to just like whatever they need. Sometimes that's like, hey, can we get a post up about promoting the ticket sale coming up on Thursday, whatever, that kind of stuff. Um, and then making like fun little edits for it. The brand is um, based around like aliens. Oh, really? And yeah, so it's actually really, it's it's kind of funny. It's like different from a lot of traditional kinds of marketing that I've done, but I'm like, posting from the perspective of like an alien and like replying (laughs) (laughs) replying to like uh you know ravers pretty much and like people go into this festival like being snarky is like just being like kind of a smart ass to them and in this alien perspective but it's funny it's like we use like this funky looking like text like Uh you know how i don't know you are you an android iphone guy yeah yeah okay well on the oh android android yeah so on the iphone you can like hold down a letter on the keyboard Mm -hmm. and a bunch of like variations of the letter will pop up and Mm -hmm. it'll be like you know i'm sure it's like some kind of like baltic looking like russian way of using characters yeah different characters um but like the the way that we'll reply to people and and text is kind of this real funky font. So it's like a really it's like different than anything I've done and a very interesting uh, job. Hmm. Um, it's just it's been a cool thing. So those are like my main two things. And then of course a lot of freelancing um, content creation, basically. So when mm-hmm. people need an editor, a video guy, um, I dabble in design as well and like AI art and stuff. I've been messing around in mid journey. So making some cool stuff, but yeah, that's kind of the big scope of what I do. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's funny to hear the, um, I know we've kind of shot the shit about it before, but, um, mid journey, it's interesting. I've got like a bunch of ideas. I'd like to use it more. Uh, but the only time I've actually like practically used it is, um, uh, music video for impact, um, impact and Basha. They had a song called seasoning shout out impact. Um, he was on season one. I think I'm going to get him on season two. Nice. Again. Shout out impact. Um, yep. But, uh, he, we did a, we did a video for seasoning, which was like, um, it kind of had like a cooking theme and, uh, we shot a bunch of stuff in my kitchen, actually, oh, we nice. set up, like a little green screen in my kitchen and had them like cooking and doing shit while yeah. they were rapping. Um, and then I used mid journey to make these like weird like kitchen backgrounds and put it like oh and i put it on like an nice. old cctv kind of overlay style and like had it look like an old infomercial with yes, like these weird awesome. like ai generated backgrounds and shit behind yeah. them um yeah i'd like to use it more but it's one of those things where um i don't know i need to i need to have more uh more excuses to use it but um uh i guess just an aside but like tell me i guess how'd you get into into the world of like video like it sounds like you're doing a lot of stuff right now like what was i guess the the first thing that you started doing like how'd you kind of dip your toes into this into this world yeah uh so it kind of all started i actually started with photography it was like the first um i guess digital kind i get okay so to even take it back further i always grew up like i loved drawing i loved making art even from like a pretty young age. I remember. Do you remember those flip video cameras that Dude, were like I had one little rectangles? Hold on, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he'll be back soon, folks. He's <clears throat> making sure that he's still got this camera. And if you know what we're talking about, then you know 
It was amazing. The payoff. Uh, the payoff is bad. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. Well, I believe it. that you know what I'm talking about. I trust you. I don't think you're a liar. But, uh, dude, so whenever I was a kid, I had one. My parents bought me one for my birthday or Christmas or something. And one of my best friends in like the neighborhood that I grew up with, we would just make these like funny little skits mm-hmm. on this. Uh, on this little flip video camera, which I don't even remember if there was like actually like, I don't even think I knew like how to use an editing software, how Mm. to really process any of the footage. But I can remember just like running around through the neighborhood with my friend Hunter and we would just be making these like wacky skits. Cause you know, that was also like when YouTube was really starting to uh, like come up. So we would just watch fun, goofy stuff. Like, do you remember the Gary's mod? Like little short, like people would, you could animate and like, it was a sandbox video Uh game. So you could, it was kind of like, uh, I guess similar to like Cinema 4D in the way that you could mm-hmm. like set create, up an environment, set and up like, environments yeah, yeah. and and uh, spawn characters uh-huh. and make them do stuff. And people would create these like little, I guess if you want to call them short films on YouTube of just like these characters from all of the uh, Valve. Do you remember those? Yeah, that, yeah. That company they uh-huh. made like Half Life and like, uh, yeah. Weren't they Team Fortress Two as yeah, well? Team yeah, Team Fortress yeah, yeah, yeah. Two. They made uh, yeah. Damn bunch. throwback. Yes, 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 yes. So they would just like use different characters from those games, and you, it was a just a big sandbox that you could make little animations, have people uh-huh. running around and stuff. But we would watch those, and they were super funny, and they were like some of the first viral videos i remember watching Uh where like people were just making random shit that was funny and entertaining Mm -hmm. so i think like at whatever eight or nine years old we were kind of trying to replicate that like Uh just like of course i'm sure they were terrible like i haven't (laughs) i don't know where the camera is i don't know where the videos are they're long gone but like yeah just a little spazzy eight nine year old kids running around making shit like that which was a lot of fun that was kind of like my first like first time making videos making uh and and that was of course like on the fly there was no production or plan yeah yeah but that was like sort of my first experience with video i guess which is funny that's awesome yeah Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the flip um i i mean literally same like same exact story basically of like me and friends in the neighborhood like just making random videos i think I think there was like maybe it was like iMovie or whatever. Like I yeah. remember editing some stuff in iMovie. Thank God I have no idea where any of those are. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure they're they're brutal to watch. But um yeah, and then recently I um um I I, I went down the rabbit hole of like small point and shoot camera kind of stuff. Like I, I uh got an old like for thirty bucks on eBay, like a Sony like cyber pixel point and shoot camera that then turned into like a, a um, I ended up getting like a nicer point and shoot. Um, but as part of that, uh, I was like, oh, how can I get something I can throw in my pocket for video? And ended up getting it wasn't a flip, uh, but it was a Sony bloggy, which was Sony's like answer to flip. Yeah. Um, and uh, honestly, like it sucks because you can't focus it at all. Um, like it's got a big screen that you think would be touch screen. And I even still would like touch to focus. Yeah. And it doesn't do doesn't anything. Um, but uh, like surprisingly, for what it is for like a, a 2008 or so like camera i got for like 30 dollars on ebay like the footage like i color graded it and it like actually responded better than expected to like nice. manipulation and stuff like that yeah i mean it doesn't look as crisp or as clean as the real stuff but it like it accomplished its goal so totally and i don't think it needs to be i think like there is certain uh there is like a certain 
attitude, or at least for mm-hmm. me, of just kind of like people like to. You see it a lot in like young kids, like referencing Y two K, doing mm-hmm. like a lot of memes about it, and like content that's sort of in that like uh, that like, like aesthetic date range. Yep. Yeah, that aesthetic exactly. Yep. And I, dude, I kind of like think that video is like to the point where it's so fucking good now. It's like. People are able to shoot 8K, 4K, 60, 4K, 120. It's like video is at such a height now that it is almost fun to kind of take it back to like the roots of like Mm -hmm. when we first started using it, getting into it of like when we were kids and stuff. And there is like, you're right, like a cool aesthetic and kind of like callback to like VHS camcorders yep, yep. and just like those like low res mm-hmm. little point and shoot cameras. It's so funny you bring that up because I was literally just thinking last night or like two days ago about how I would love to find a little camera I could just stick in my pocket and take mm-hmm. places with me because it's like my DSLR is like fairly compact, but even like I don't want to try to carry that shit into like a ball game or yep. to like a bar or to like yeah. A lot of places because it's one something I have to worry about like getting stolen, getting lost, mm-hmm. getting broken. But if I did, but I I do think it would be fun as just a exercise, kind of like mm-hmm. you were saying to just have like a little pocket cam on me. Yep. That if I wanted to pull it out and shoot some video real quick and then make a fun little edit of just a recap of like uh-huh. whatever I was doing or whatever me and my friends were up to, I think that would be really fun and cool. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. The interesting thing too, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, Cause yeah, I got, um, it's interesting. It changes the way you shoot for sure. Like, um, and I've fully switched over to point and shoot stuff, I guess, primarily because photography for me is purely like I'm shooting it. It's for me, right? I don't do it. Um, anything I'm doing in any paid manner is going to be video. I'm not, I'm not, uh, doing it for work so I can kind of do whatever, but, um, it, it definitely changes the way you shoot, like shooting with a point and shoot. You're so much less like noticed you know if you're in a public setting yes, like with, totally. and it changes the way that you can like frame things up and shoot things and even from like like i kind of like it because i don't want people looking at me while i'm shooting stuff but also it um um i forget who said this as a photographer um who was talking about this but the the idea of being able to shoot the environment without changing it a lot of times if you're shooting on like a big camera um you know, and doing like street photography or something, the fact that your like your presence is influencing the scene around you Mm -hmm. um, and being able to have a small camera that, you know, it's inconspicuous that even if they do see it doesn't look like anything fancy or, you know, it doesn't um, it doesn't disrupt the scene as much. Um, But yeah, I'd like to do it more with video. That was the um, the thing I did with the first point and shoot um, was I got I ended up getting a little SD card reader that would plug into my phone. Um, and I oh, could just nice. pull it straight to my phone and, uh, the workflow, I wanted it to be quick and seamless. Um, so I had, I had that and I had built some like film emulation presets from my color grading workflow based off of that camera to put into Lightroom mobile on my phone. So I had like oh, a nice. couple things I could like, you know, give it a little bit of character to it. Um, the glass was sharp enough that it looked decent. Um, and it was fun for a little bit to like run with that. And, uh, um, the the kind of quick turnaround workflow was always hilarious because you shoot stuff like if I was um, I remember being at like a recording session um, for some like local artists and uh, I remember like shooting stuff and then like 
everybody was kind of taking a break and chilling and i like shared a google drive with everybody Everybody was like what the fuck like you've you've already i'm like well yeah i mean i'm just dicking around like these aren't you know um i'm just kind of like whipping them through a workflow yeah yeah and people love when you're able to just like turn stuff around super quick like that because it's it shows one that you know what you're doing two that you've got a really quick and efficient way to like Mm -hmm. capture the footage process the footage get it back to them and it you know i think there is like yeah kind of like you're saying keeping it simple and then just like instead of going through this whole ring of like okay i shoot it i gotta get home i gotta throw it on a hard drive i gotta bring it into premiere i gotta and which see i'm you're you're a pro color grader so you would never bring it into (laughs) premiere to color grade i know i'm full anti-adobe now i've pulled everything uh (laughs) i know i mentioned lightroom actually i think i I pulled it back but i'm i'm trying really hard to find all open source alternatives to adobe stuff and i'm almost there yeah anyway sorry you're saying um (laughs) Yeah, no, it's funny, but just like going through that whole process and that whole workflow of just like getting something turned around, it is a lot slower and it is, and you know, like you're saying, if it's just for fun, if it's with local artists, it's like, mm-hmm. if you can get something cool and then just turn it around and get it back to them right away, like that's something that they can post same day, which is, yep. you know what I mean? I think that the value of that alone is becoming increasingly um, more apparent and just more, more present. Like I know- yep with those music festivals for example when they're on site for the festival itself the social media team has a bunch of videographers running Mm -hmm. out in the morning or early on in the day shooting a bunch of stuff getting a bunch of cool photos videos etc coming back to like a media tent and turning around edits within like an hour or two to then get up for posts that night on the social media page yeah so it's like that uh you know a little bit different situation but like the pressure is only going to be higher on visual and audio and video creatives to like have stuff turned around more quickly Mm -hmm. because there's just so much that needs to be going out i mean like dude it's it is one of those things where like if you're not getting the stuff you make up on social, you know, sometimes, and it depends on what the objective is, right? Mm -hmm. If it's for fun, you don't need to, it doesn't matter about posting it, whatever. But like if it's for marketing or if it's like, if a company is spending money, they want that shit. They want it up quick, fast. You know what I mean? So that is, uh, yeah, I think that's something that like, even just in the last, few years i'm noticing and like with what we do with comedy and stuff like you know we'll we'll shoot a show or a or a special or showcase or something and it's like depending on kind of how good it goes like you know me and me and the guy i work for slash with are kind of already like damn we gotta like mm-hmm. we just shot this a month ago and we've got such a vault of footage that still needs to be processed and gotten through but it's like we gotta find a way to get this out you know yeah. what i mean this is timely yeah. because it's like especially in comedy sometimes jokes or sets or bits can be very time sensitive yeah. so like when you shoot it to when you release it that joke might not be relevant yeah. anymore it might not work the same it way it might not it work the, the same way yeah. exactly so it's kind of become uh, important to just like really start considering when you're putting stuff out and how quickly you're, mm-hmm. you're getting back to that. Yep. Yeah. There's a couple, I've got a bunch of different, uh, different directions I want to take with that. I'll, I'll say an idea that, and then maybe we'll see where it leads um, or which, which string I want to pull on. Um, but yeah, I think the, with, um, uh, 
on the note of like, you know, cameras are getting so good and like, um, having some sort of post-processing workflow. Um, I, I think as a colorist, like as somebody who my whole lane is, is that specific lane of processing footage to look a particular way. Um, it's been kind of interesting to look at like, um, how people are using footage, how like, um, uh, like digital has changed things. Cause for the longest time with film, right? Like people spend a ton of time designing film maybe designing is not the best word. Right. But like developing and, and formulating film and certain film stocks to look good. And then digital came along and everybody kind of went like, Oh, well films, this thing of the past. And now you have this digital sensor and everybody's just using that. But the digital sensor is just capturing data. Its goal is to capture data. Its goal is not to create an aesthetically pleasing image, which is in a sense, I mean, I'm sure some film folks will, um, my, you know, my, my nuance in this statement maybe isn't the most accurate. So film people don't come after me. Um, (laughs) I, I, I like shooting film. I'm a big film fan, but, uh, um, that's a sensitive group you're talking about. Um, but, uh, yeah, like people, yeah, (laughs) people, uh, um, there's an extent to which people kind of like digital came around and people started throwing it out and or throwing out like some of the aesthetic portion of it um, because it's not baked into the camera anymore. Um, even so much so that, and and I think this is a more rare case, um, but like with log footage nowadays, like that's designed to capture data. It looks flat because it's capturing data and it doesn't look good and it shouldn't be in your movie trailer. Um, I'm not saying it because I've seen any movie trailer come out with vlog footage in it right like stuff like that so it's um it's been interesting to get into that world and like um there's also like a whole discussion around like film emulation and like um you know people being like well why are you gonna like degrade your footage to make it look like film and you know you should just shoot it on film and blah 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 but i think there's a lot of like um validity to being able to take digital footage and go okay well what can we learn from the however many years people spent developing the technology of film to look good what can we take from that Mm. apply it to digital and then not have all the downsides you know or you take it extreme and like the movie dune where they shot it digital printed it to film rescanned it to go to digital intermediate to correct it in digital intermediate and then put it out like which is wild um so they they shot it digital mm -hmm. printed it how do they print it out I, I don't know the process, um, but um, I mean, you can just you can once you have the final edit, um, print it to uh, print it to film. I don't know. I expose it to the, yeah. to the roles and stuff like that. That's I don't fascinating. Know. I'm talking way out of my league there. But <laughs> yeah, fair, um, fair enough. And then, yeah. So they, they printed so it to wild. film and then rescanned it for color correction, basically through digital intermediate. Um, so it's, like they just had this to try and capture the, the soul of film, if you will. Okay. Um, but, uh, I say that having not actually like seen Dune, Neither I've, have <laughs> I. <laughs> seen like, I mean, it looks good, yeah. like, good looking movie. Um, but, uh, I just know that they did that. Um, that's so funny. You know, funny story. I work. So a little bit about my background too, is I did work on features for like two years. Mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to be in the film world. It's kind of what my initial, um, 
love, I guess, was, was like cinema. Uh, I have like a cinema studies minor in college, <laughs> you know, which basically just meant I watched movies for four years. <laughs> yep. um, you wrote some papers on some right, movies. Well, they, exactly. They put that line exactly. on your degree. Yeah. Um, and I used to work on movies and I worked on a film called Bones and All, which was directed by Luca Guadagno. And the kid that stars in Dune is also uh, one of the leads in that film, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet, yep. Yeah. Shout out Timothy Chalamet, if you're listening, and um, we know that you are. Well, <laughs> Timmy, sorry about to talk a little shit on you, bro. Um, I worked in the production office for that movie, and I don't know, I just like, I never really got to directly interact with the guy, so this is all kind of secondhand stuff. Um, take that with a grain of salt or take that for what you will. But they said he was kind of just a little bitch boy on set, uh, just like a little whiny turd. Uh -huh. And uh, I know one day, so on set every day, a breakfast truck would like be there and like drive to every location. And there was a location that was like, literally like two hours away from the production office and mm -hmm. the van the breakfast van broke down on the way to set oh. and they said that this kid was just like no. throwing a shit fit <laughs> about not getting his breakfast taco and like <laughs> just being a complete diva and like ripping the producer's ass on a oh, phone call and stuff dude. and uh yeah i don't know i just heard from a few people that were like actually on set day in and day out as like pas and stuff that he was just a little fuck boy kind of yeah. so uh you know is the guy i think he's like obviously extremely successful that's great that's mm -hmm. awesome that's incredible but yeah i don't know people just said they're like even uh i don't actually i don't want to throw the person under the bus but there was a an above the line person i'll say one of the core mm -hmm. people um i guess in creating this film that said like oh this kid's like overhyped or whatever mm -hmm. which is t you know that's an opinion thing i don't and it is hard to really quantify mm -hmm. as an actor super talented or they yeah. overrated that's like a very opinion-based thing but yeah i don't know i i guess i could give him the benefit of the doubt and watch mm -hmm. the dune movie because i'm sure a lot of people have said great things about uh -huh. it but i kind of just look at the kid as like a little bit of a turd yeah, you know what i yeah. mean i'm like I, I don't think he's like a bad guy but i think he's probably just like a spoiled little yeah brat. well i feel like too if you're if you're one of those actors like real like hardcore like actor actors yeah right yeah. where like yeah. if you're one of those people who can like fully get into some like crazy role, role and like do yeah. some shit like that like um your personality is almost second to your skill set as an actor right like yeah, he's yeah. not worried about like being a being dick a about nice the burrito he's so focused on being this like Character. borderline sociopath actor that's able to just like do these crazy roles right that's, so it's like fair. i mean um or maybe he's just like kind of a dickhead who knows but right but like i hear what you're saying and i do think you're right it takes like a certain personality type to be in that kind of career field to begin with so mm -hmm. it's like you're gonna have your divas you're gonna have these high maintenance people but i huh. think like to just generally not to treat people good and to not yeah. be a prick um is like especially the people that I don't I don't even see I'm like taking some liberties I'm not sure that he was like an asshole to a bunch of people on yeah. set I don't it's think that like was the case rumors that you heard Timothy Chalamet it's okay when yeah. when you're listening to this later don't worry Timothy, we love you're you you're way richer than I'll ever be bro so <laughs> yeah. anything that I'm saying right now like who gives a, you should not give a fuck brother but uh, <laughs> yeah I'm still allowed to think you're a dickhead even if you are way richer and more yeah. successful than me.
It doesn't affect you, does it? Yeah. Well, I, I think that like, and then so like you're hearing stuff through the grapevine, right? Like um, you're, I mean, you were working what, like post-production on that? No, or? no, no. In the production office. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So I, I guess I was like pretty close to a lot of, just in that by uh, proxy was like really close to the producers, to the writers, to like the directors. Because they, they were coming to me in the production office for a lot of shit, you know, mm-hmm. if they needed mm-hmm. money, if they needed. We're like the logistics and paperwork side okay, of stuff. Okay, gotcha. So you are like, you do get more contact directly with like the important people on the film, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm using air quotes right now. You yeah, can't see yeah. that on the podcast. But yeah, like you're closer to some of the people that are making decisions, that are spending money, mm-hmm. that are... Um, integral in the process of the film all people are integral pas too but you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah um and and that was kind of just like what was floating around um but all that being said i never met the guy i think he was nice enough they said he smoked hella weed which is cool (laughs) they said that you'd show up like baked as fuck every day to set and i'm just airing this guy out bro (laughs) i'm just airing him out on the podcast i'm gonna get email from timothy chalamet once this trial i was like hey man what are you talking shit for (laughs) yeah hey timothy (sighs) if you're listening to this come on the podcast and and clear your name how about that come come pop down to cincinnati (laughs) we'll shoot the shit um but what the fuck do i know um anyways (laughs) what what spurred this conversation we're talking about dune 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 Dune, and Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Digital intermediate. We were talking about color stuff. So here, I'll go back to um, um, when uh, – I guess let's talk like comedy specials and shit. Um, What – run me through your role. Also, people, if you're listening, I think audio is going to be fine, but this is my first time running this new recorder. Um, So we'll see if audio (laughs) – we'll see if I'm peaking or or whatnot. Um, But – comedy specials right your role on on set there like i guess what's um you fly out to la you're shooting some shit at the comedy store um which is sick by the way because i know that was you've shot something there yeah, right that's last sick. summer that's awesome yeah it was um, a lot of fun. um but uh like what you land what's your what's your day like what's your responsibilities like mm. once you once you get there yeah so, um, we just got back from Los Angeles recently. We shot, uh, for like, I want to say eight or nine days over spread out over, um, about a week and a half, two weeks. And it kind of depends on what the scope of the project is, but like, depending on if it's just like a showcase, which is sort of where we have like maybe eight to 10 comics come mm-hmm. on and do like 10 minutes a piece throughout the night um, versus like a full special, which is obviously, uh, you know, a little bit higher produced. That's mm-hmm. like actually a packaged like IP that we're going to try to get on streaming. Mm-hmm. We do. So run, run me through like you're shooting a 60 minutes spe- or well, yeah, 30, it be 60 hour, minutes, 30 yeah. minutes, 45 like, what's, minutes. What's like, let's say you're showing up and doing a 60 minute special. Like, yeah. What's that, that workflow look like? Yeah. So, um, even I, maybe I shouldn't say this for a comic listener, but yeah, you, wanna. Uh, you know, depending on, you know, sort of what, like the end goal of the special is, we'll sort of treat it differently. So like some specials, you know, especially in like people that were working out in like LA and New York and Chicago and Austin and different places with, we'll show up like four or five hours before sometimes even a day before to do like pre-pro just check Mm -hmm. out the venue see where we can plant cameras figure out what the audio situation is going to be like um make contact with the comic sort of just like run through expectations with them 
um, like in a couple of the specials that we shot out there, uh, you know, we shot like full blown skits, mm-hmm. like for oh, like that's cool. the morning of till like around the time the special, which would mostly be in the evening, seven or eight p.m. or whatever. Um, there, there's a comic Ellery Smith that we like did probably four hours of shooting with before we even set a single camera up for the special, which is really cool. Like she's going to have a super, uh, highly produced, awesome looking, um, you know, like super pro special, like I don't want to say Netflix level stuff, but like, um, high production value. It's going to have like a skit and actors and costumes and set design. It's like going to be really cool. And you know, with, with, if we're going to be investing that much time, money and effort into a special, we're trying to, we're going to try to pitch it, you know, we're going to try to pitch it to Hulu, to Peacock, to, to somebody that is like, um, a real platform that people are looking for specials on consuming Mm -hmm. comedy on and that, you know, hopefully we can license for some nice, some nice money. Exactly. Uh, Right now, we get a lot sure. of stuff on YouTube and Tubi, which is which is cool. But mm-hmm. um, those are obviously not like <clears throat> they don't carry the weight. They as don't much. carry the yeah. weight necessarily that like um, Hulu, Netflix, even Amazon Prime, which mm-hmm. is now producing specials, do. Um, and we're we're very like we love the partnership that we have with Tubi. We we think you know we're very thankful for it. They pay honestly the best per stream of any like really yeah 30 cents per stream huh. so even if we get like ten thousand views on something you know that that yeah. adds up that's yeah, a lot that's of money sick. um we haven't had one get a ton of <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had a special get a bunch of views yet just because Tubi is like still uh still a platform that we're really trying to build up and like mm-hmm. make a breakthrough on but um we have had a lot of success on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So even like the biggest comics like Andrew Schulz and mm-hmm. uh, Matt Reif and mm-hmm. like all of these big names in comedy are putting their own special and self-releasing on YouTube right mm-hmm. now. And there's a massive, massive, massive audience for people yeah. that are looking for comedy specials and that are consuming comedy specials on there. Like we've had, we've been doing this for a little over a year. We started in 22, like early 22. And... um we're already we're at like I want to say fourteen or fifteen thousand subs at the time of this recording. Sick. Um, maybe it's more four, like, four by threes four by YouTube three. channel, right? Yep. yep. Shout out four by three. Yep. Shout out four by three. And um, you know we've had a couple specials do like six seven hundred thousand views, or one do six or seven hundred thousand views, one do a hundred thousand, one do like three to four hundred thousand at, at the time of this recording. So like we're able to we've had a couple pop off, not none hit a million yet, which we're mm-hmm. like super You're oh, waiting for we the, want that million it, yeah. yeah, we really want a million stream video just because that it would be super cool. Um and it's hard to do on stuff that's like a little bit longer form which comedy specials yeah. are. Luckily, that being said, YouTube is starting to show more love to long form stuff mm. because it's keeping users on the platform for longer. Yep. They can run more ads against it. Yep. So it is like we are kind of finding, um, I would say in the last couple of years, YouTube is definitely like moving in a direction that is pretty favorable towards stuff mm. that's like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, yep. 60 minutes long, which most comedy specials are. Um uh, don't remember where I was going with this, but yeah, like YouTube has kind of been our big winner, I mm-hmm. would say, um, over the the course of this year, and we're steadily steadily building a nice audience and following, um, which is really cool. 
Um, you and like it's tough because there's a few other comedy companies in the space that have been doing it for a lot longer than we have. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of got a head start on us. But the big upside of um, our our company and what we're doing is that we're uh, just a bunch of young guys that really grew up with the internet, understand mm-hmm. the internet, understand YouTube. And we've got like a lot of uh, track ahead of us, I guess, to invest in this thing. Yeah. We're able to support ourselves just on the side through being like a production company, doing mm-hmm. commercial work, doing client work, doing the less exciting stuff that can then fund this fun um, project that we're, and brand that we're building mm-hmm. just as like something eventually that we could build into a multi-million dollar uh entertainment yeah. studio you know what i mean that's mm-hmm. really what we are as a studio yeah okay um you know because we're producing films and uh comedy specials and trying to put together a catalog that can then you know maybe 10 years down the road if we have a thousand ips under our uh-huh. under our name then that's something that we could sell for a lot of money yeah it's yep. like 50 ips not worth that much money mm-hmm a thousand IPs, that's something that Sony, Warner Brothers, yep. you know, those kind of companies start catching eyeballs. They're like, and okay, like, oh. well, we, we can pay you. We, we can, can pay you. write a check. Yeah. yeah, we can cut a check for this and it's a drop in our bucket, but yep. it's $10 million or whatever. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Hopefully in 10 years time, by the time we've put a, put a catalog like that together, we've really built the brand up to where we're working with big names or the cool thing uh kind of what we're doing too is like we're catching a lot of people early on in their career and we're mm-hmm. catching some other people on the down tick of their career right uh-huh. so like so who are some of those people on the down tick not <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah i better not say any i i, I don't want to say down tick catching people um once they've kind of maybe left the phase where netflix hulu the big yeah, names exactly. are knocking on their door but they're still known enough by people and funny enough that mm-hmm. people would recognize the name. I don't know if did you ever watch uh did you ever watch Whose Line Is It Anyway? Uh, I've seen a little bit of it. Okay, yeah. there was a guy, Wayne Brady, who's uh-huh. like yeah, yeah, yeah. you probably yeah, you might know him. He's been a host on a bunch of TV shows. He's been in the Chappelle show. Uh-huh. Super funny uh comedian that was like really popular back in like the two thousands and stuff. Super successful, cool guy. He was just like in we didn't shoot with him, but he was um he like came out and did part of a uh, like a collaboration with a comic during his That's sick. comedy special. That's cool. So like we got to meet Wayne Brady. That's he awesome. Like came out to a venue that we were in in Los Angeles and did like a, a duet with a musical comic. That's so, awesome. That's very cool. Very cool. And they yeah, totally. Wayne Brady's one of those dudes who's got like that multi talented yeah, like skill sing, set that you're like. Yep. When people people like or like Jamie Fox, Jamie, Jamie Fox, Fox is the man, might be the most talented person, person. ever, bro. I've been crazy. saying this for so long, and I'm glad that somebody else. Dude. I mean, it's not like a big secret, but it's awesome to hear somebody reaffirm mm-hmm. it because that man's it's, talented as fuck. It's unreal, dude. He, you've seen the clip right of him playing um, uh, piano for Ray Charles, yeah. And Ray Charles is like, dude, that guy can like sell out probably arenas, but like easily theaters doing stand up. Theaters doing musical acts. He's a fucking top tier actor. He's an actor. Like, dude he doesn't do everything. His impressions does, are incredible. Yeah, bro, dude. he's awesome. He's it's it's one of those things where you're like, how the fuck does somebody that good at everything they do? Like, yeah, wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say something, dude. He's in like a bunch of Kanye songs, like mm-hmm. music. Like he does vocals yeah, and it's crazy. he can sing. He can do like I think he's done a bunch of like 
basically narration for Kanye uh-huh. uh, Kanye songs and stuff. So like, yeah, Jamie Foxx is the fucking man. Yeah, dude, that's wild. His impression of Mike Tyson, bro, is so good. I don't think I've seen it. Well, he was like supposed to be casted to play Mike Tyson, I oh, think, really? in like a biopic. Um, and he does like this impression of Mike Tyson, bro. It's so good. It sounds just fucking like him, dude. That's awesome. And like just, yeah, I, I don't know. He was on a podcast or show or something. But yeah, Jamie Foxx. You're the fucking one yep. actor that you're the man, Jamie yep. Fox. I was talking shit on some actors before, but Jamie, you're you're that guy. So uh yeah, that's funny. Um I forget where we're, oh, so yeah, like comedy stuff, right? Like so um Oh yeah. You yeah. go, you do so like if you're shooting a skit, how um what's planning like are you I figure you're pre-producing that like before you get there, right? You're not yes. just like kind of winging that. Okay. Um, and we only did, to be fair, when we were in Los Angeles, we only did one skit before a special. Um, gotcha. Other stuff we'll do like general B-roll, like the intro of the special might be just like B-roll of the comic on Hollywood Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Like stand, We got to shoot some stuff um, at the Hollywood Improv, which is That's another cool. yeah. very iconic comedy club. Um not even just like in Los Angeles, but in the country. So it's like LA's got the Hollywood Improv and the Comedy Store. The Comedy Store is probably a little bit more widely known. But like, you know, Craig Robinson, mm-hmm. um, he is like a regular at the Hollywood Improv and Sick. like plays the big room yeah, all the time. Yeah. And he was there that night that we were That's shooting. Awesome. We shot a showcase at the Improv and like got to be homies with like the owner and the manager of the Improv and stuff. That's cool. So that was cool as fuck craig robinson playing in the other room like on the little keyboard that's singing sick, and doing comedy so like that was so fun yeah, and awesome. um for that we were like bringing comics out and like shooting them like under the neon sign like cool. getting b-roll of them you know maybe smoking a cigarette smoking a joint outside the club like uh-huh. it, it was it was a lot of fun and a pretty cool thing um but and that's typically the direction we go in but for this skit that we were shooting i mean dude it was like a full-blown movie scene and it was without giving too much away sort of the theme of this special is like dr strange love like the mm-hmm. what was the bomb you know what i mean like the bomb like have you ever seen that movie mm-hmm. it's like one of kubrick's like first films okay it's about like and I haven't even seen it, so I'm really uh, filling in the blanks here. But it's kind of all about, like, nuclear war, global conflict. Mm. Like, uh, basically, the atomic bomb is, like, the main uh, theme of the movie. And in comedy, the term bombing means, like, doing oh, shitty, yeah, yeah. like, really falling apart. So this comic was, like, doing a play on that by... Uh, you know, I don't want to spoil too much, but doing a play on that whole thing through the Doctor Strange love, the bomb like mm-hmm. theme. And it was really cool. We had people dressed up in like military garb, uniforms, awesome. like they're sitting around a tape, which the ending scene of that film, we kind of replicated in the back of this comedy club. Just having people like sit around a table dressed in like military officer uniforms, like they're smoking cigar or like cigarettes and cigars. They're talking about the bomb and like uh-huh. it was cool. We had like a slider, dude, like a uh, Dana Dolly with an FX six that was that's like, awesome. Like moving around, like panning, getting like <laughs> close facial expressions, and then like wide shots. So it was like a full. We had like a a DP, a director. I was like gripping and gaffing on it, um, and just producing doing running audio kind of everything production yeah, yeah. like i said before i'm like the production guy um well and i feel like on indie productions like i've the only indie productions i've worked on that are like proper proper indie productions i've done as a colorist right um but like even on like 
what I would consider a micro production, like the shit that I used to do at Heat Seeker. Like you're just wearing a bunch of hats. Like yeah, exactly. Like yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it was a, like I said, it was a crew of probably like five or six people. But uh-huh. for a skit that's only going to be used in the intro of a comedy special, that's like high production. Uh-huh, you know what uh-huh. I mean? You're not getting that very often. Yep. Um, and that was a lot of fun. So that's sort of like uh on the big scope of what we do that sort of thing and then um you know like we rented i want to say for two of the specials we shot out there which were really the big reason that we went out there to begin with uh for a lady named ellery smith and then a guy named luke knoll who's a cincinnati guy now based in la he was on snl okay for a season for one season um Super talented musical guy, um, musical comedian that like does a, has a bunch of original songs and um, also does like stand up inter- intermittently. Um, and I know a lot of people shit on music comics, but he's <laughs> uber talented, uber funny, um, and he's definitely an exception for people that may not traditionally mm-hmm. like musical comedy. Um, super talented guy. I mean, he was on fucking SNL. Yeah, like yeah. you know, he's legit. He's real deal. Um, so check him out and hopefully, uh, you know, maybe the special will be coming out soon by the time this goes live. I don't know. Yeah. I'll link to it in the, um, in the like show notes on my website, Hell whenever yeah. it, whenever it drops, shoot me a yeah. text. I'll get it up on the site cool, cool. if it's not out by the time this goes live. So, um, yeah, but I think what I was saying is that we just rented, dude, we rented like six or seven FX sixes, mm-hmm. a couple FX threes, like went properly dropped a shit ton of money uh-huh. on just making sure we had every fucking possible angle of this That's thing. Awesome. We even had a couple I have like an A7 through a couple A7s on sticks just uh-huh. grabbing B-roll of like the whole thing. Um and that was like a full that was like a full another full production day. We mm. had two Dana dollies with like cameras on uh you know like on sliders moving uh-huh. back and forth capturing the special capturing the audience like so we really went all out for those um, those two. And I mean, ideally, I think Luke's is somebody that like, you know, this is like on the on the hopeful end of things. But I think Luke's could like fucking end up on like Hulu, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like a Peacock, like Netflix, we would love it. And it's definitely in the realm of possibilities, but they're tough. You know, Netflix yeah. is like they produce a lot of their own shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, licensing stuff to them can be tough you yeah. know what i mean um and, and they've got their pick of right and they've they got want. their pick of yeah. whatever so they're the toughest one to probably land on um but you know never say never mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but I, like i said i just think i think luke's will end up like somewhere big it's yeah. really good he's super talented and it it's gonna look fucking awesome like i haven't even dove into the edit yet but i mean We've got so much footage from it, and it was a sold-out theater show at this this venue called Dynasty Typewriter in Hollywood. Sick. It's like a 300-person theater. That's cool. Um, and, you know, that's, like, cool with and in itself is, like, uh, my partner, Chase, he's really, like, uh, he's the founder and the owner of 4x3, but, like, you know, he did all that, like... Um, relationship management with luke i think they've been talking like for years pretty mm, much yeah i've been friend like in i don't i don't like colleagues slash communicating for a long time um and to just produce something that is sold out in los angeles like uh-huh. over 300 people attend the event like um have you ever seen i don't know how much uh meme shit you follow on instagram but do you know the friday beers guys 
I don't think so. Oh, no. no. Okay. Well, they're like this skit team that uh, does like it's just like a young group of guys in their twenties, and they do really, really funny like skits and memes on mm-hmm. Instagram. Uh, they kind of remind me of like if the it's always sunny crew uh-huh. we're making like social media skits in their 20s <laughs> okay hell yeah so i really like i i sing the praises of these dudes but i feel like they're gonna be the next group that does like their own tv show like it's always sunny. yeah because apparently sick. the um it's always sunny crew were like a, just improv friends yeah yeah they were like doing improv and like just hung out together and buddies from like maybe high school or early 20s and uh-huh. then from doing that somehow created their own tv show that is now uber yep. successful Dude, always sunny it's, great. it's gone on for however many seasons yeah 14 15 16 yeah. seasons so we're um, in the ballpark exactly i kind of think that's what this group it's friday beers is going to be like uh-huh. um and they're funny as fuck dude they're like legitimately really funny that's awesome i'll have to check them um, out but they were there they're like good friends with luke they came out okay, they have sick. like yeah they have like a few million followers on instagram uh-huh. and, um wayne brady was there yeah. so like it really brought out some pretty cool interesting uh, uh-huh. people for the show and like just ma- like seeing stuff like that come to life being a part of it is always like cool as fuck that's mm-hmm. the most rewarding part of yeah. like the the comedy thing that i'm kind of working on right now um so but- i, I kind of want to transition a little bit too because i know like you mentioned up at the top that you do like some freelance stuff um i know i mean we know each other from training at powell and may and fitness shout out adam Shout out, um, Powell. If you're if you want to do some jujitsu and you're in the Cincinnati area, yeah, yeah. hit up Powell MMA and Fitness or kickboxing or MMA. They've got a bunch of stuff. Any there. of it. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh so I know like you've shot some like some MMA stuff and some jujitsu. Like um I, I'm gonna go on a bit of a rant here. Um, because this is an idea that I've been trying to uh think through more and figure out. Um, but there is this certain and I'm sure you uh or I guess I'm assuming that you um, have this similar energy at at like a comedy taping or something like that. But there's something about shooting um, in a creative environment where other creative stuff is going on. Right. Whether it be like the big thing for me is like, um, uh, like shooting at like a live like concert or like a music venue or something like that. Like there's a certain energy to it that I feel kind of elevates a lot of the stuff that I'm doing. And I have noticed, um, I get the same energy or I've, I had the same energy when I shot um, uh, like MMA and boxing fights. And I, I think that there's an interesting, I mean, it's martial arts, right? And yeah. air quotes for those totally. listening. But um, like, I think the art form of that isn't as direct of a translation, but I, I find it interesting that there's something there because um, it's the same kind of energy. It's not like an, adrenaline of like oh these people are doing this crazy thing or whatever it's, it's the same whatever it is when i'm in a live music venue shooting yeah. stuff there it's the same thing when i'm shooting fights yeah um, yeah i think uh well i don't mean to cut you off but no, no. i'm getting excited and i know what you're talking about yeah, okay. i think it is sort of the element of like a spectacle right mm. the way that a concert is captivating and like grabs your attention and you really want to just like appreciate what's happening i think is very similar in like training martial arts and fighting like it's hard to pull away from it, it is mm-hmm. it is like exciting to watch there is something i think it is an, an element of creativity and i think that like that creative energy is inspiring and encouraging so when you're mm. being like when you're recording something creating videos like <clears throat> 
Uh, yeah, dude, elevate's a good word for what you're doing becomes easier, becomes more flow state, it mm-hmm. becomes more like, oh, I need to capture this, obvious of like what needs mm-hmm. to happen. And I do think that martial arts is similar in the way that it's like, yeah, it just grabs your attention. It's intriguing. It's cool to watch. It's hmm. it's fun. It's fascinating to see like how people in kickboxing put a combo together or mm-hmm. how they defend themselves or watching someone that's really good execute on someone that might be really bad or even at inversely somebody that's really good going against someone else that's really good yeah yeah. i do think like um yeah the way that i've fallen in love with training Mm jujitsu kickboxing all that stuff has been very reminiscent of the way that i fell in love with like creative endeavors Hmm. too interesting and i don't know what the tether is but i know i think also i just have kind of an obsessive personality and i Mm -hmm. think a lot of people that do um both or that get in involved in these things similarly have an obsessive personality Mm -hmm. or in at least at the very least they have like a uh they like to dive deep within things or they love exploring new um new new avenues and new hobbies that can really open up a world of possibilities like i know you know when you get started in jujitsu it's like man you can train jujitsu for years and years and years and years and years and keep learning new stuff yep and i think that people that are drawn towards that kind of pursuit and that's the same thing with video photo editing music any kind of creative pursuit it's like when you start you can do it for the rest of your life and Mm -hmm. never stop learning yep and people that gravitate towards that kind of stuff are also going to gravitate towards martial arts. Mm-hmm. They're also going to gravitate towards fitness. They're mm-hmm. also going to gravitate towards anything that takes a lot of uh, work and a lot of like focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that could even be maybe some of what the connection is, maybe. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. The I think the idea of like the drive and the and the focus um, isn't something you always at least on first glance isn't always associated with like creative stuff. Um, I think stereotypically a lot of times you'll think of artists as like um, these kind of, uh, I, I guess if a certain type of artist with the stereotypical view, it's, it's more of Sensitive. this like eclectic, yeah. like not, you know, not waking up at five thirty and like putting in the reps kind of thing. But right. when right. you get down to it, that's kind of what you have to do. Like, oh, yeah. like there's um, uh, I'm, I'm working on an edit for a, for a short film right now there's a lot of moving variables and there's a lot of it in the edit. Um, at least for me, that's like, I just have to sit down and put the time in and right. this edit will come together, but like right. I have to go like, and I approach it like a sport. I approach it like a workout. I go, okay, I'm going to sit down and I get a 60 minute like stint. I call it editing stints. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, you know, training or doing something. Um, and I think it's that, that work ethic, um, that, that you find a lot of times in, in jujitsu and, and, and other disciplines. Um, definitely has that that parallel to to creative stuff i don't know where i was necessarily going with it but (laughs) i guess just an an idea or a thought there yeah i think uh dude i mean my approach towards video and creative for a long time was kind of just similarly like a workout regiment like i knew whether I was inspired artistically or not, that to get any better, you just got to get the reps in. Yep. Like, I remember when I first started shooting MMA and jiu-jitsu stuff, like, I was traveling to Louisville to, like, shoot with, like, an MMA fighter mm-hmm. just because I wasn't getting paid. You know, he didn't have yep. the money to pay me, but 
I liked his story. I thought he was a savage and cool. So I was just like spending my own money to go do shit because it was fun to me mm-hmm. and I knew it would get me make me better. Yep. And I think that like for a lot of the same ways that people approach sports and athletics and martial arts and uh, physical disciplines um yeah, you're going to suck and it's going to be hard uh-huh. and not fun in the beginning, but it is kind of about like pushing through and then just keeps showing up really and keep mm-hmm. doing the shit. Keep I literally use the word like putting the reps in, like mm. getting the reps in the 10,000 hours and you're going to get better at whatever it is, mm-hmm. whether it's painting, whether it's videography, editing, like motion graphics, whether it's kickboxing, like so much of getting good in those things is just about like compounding the hours, compounding yep. the reps, like doing it over and over and over and over and over again. And I say that as somebody that's kind of, I feel like I very much fall into the master of none like swiss yep. army knife yep. uh everything i've done i've never been good at i've had to like i've never naturally picked anything up i've yeah. had to like really fucking put effort yeah, in to get good to at get it good you know it, yeah um so i i don't even really consider myself a specialist at anything which i think is what i was kind of getting at with just like the ten thousand hours of stuff but i know i'm willing to continually show up for a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that makes me maybe good at a lot of stuff, maybe not great. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't think my editing is great. I think it's good. Mm -hmm. I don't think my jujitsu is great. I think it's good. Mm -hmm. I think like, I feel like I've got a lot of like, and I'm kind of okay with that Mm -hmm. because for me having a lot of different things to stay entertained with and stay like, you know, I think maybe I had a tendency for growing up in a long time. It's still due to like get bored with stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, I kind of like picking up a new thing to keep things fresh um, and just like keep, you know, keep my brain exercising and like having fun with new stuff. Mm-hmm. So like this whole AI mid journey stuff mm-hmm. has been something that's been really fun lately for me. But same thing with, yeah, with jujitsu and with, <clears throat> with work producing everything. It's like, I can remember even producing like it's so funny. I just wanted to be a shooter editor for a long time mm-hmm. and I was like nervous to like do phone calls with comics mm-hmm. and like book dates and like that seems like so easy but there is there was like such a weird intimidation for me yeah, because yeah. it's like something that's very much like you got to be organized, you got to be on top of things, you got to be like know what to say on the phone mm-hmm. call. I remember like my first phone call with a comic, dude. I was like I literally had like a notebook where I like wrote down all the points I needed to talk about on the call and like how the how the special process worked and like all this stuff. Um and it was just like so intimidating to me and it was so easy to just be a camera boy and an editor. Yeah. But really for me at least in in my job and my career what moves the dial forward is being the person that can orchestrate and organize like working with comedians and like setting dates, shooting the special, mm-hmm. actually the producing side of things versus just like being the the executor as far as like the shooting the video and editing the clips or mm-hmm. the or the special itself like that's the easy part, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. there's a lot of people with those skill set. The harder part is like really doing the project management, the producing, the planning, the mm-hmm. um setting the thing up to happen. Yeah. Um and I'm glad that I I kind of pushed through it because now it's a big part of what I do and it's sort of the most um rewarding part cuz it like kind of working like these comics, dude. I mean, 
a lot of them it's their first ever special so yeah. like it's a really big deal to them mm-hmm. it's something that's extremely important to them because they may have been working on this set or doing comedy for like 10 plus years yeah. and never got a chance to shoot a special because they're independent and maybe they don't maybe they don't have half a million followers but they're yep. super talented and they're super funny and they've been doing comedy in this maybe smaller market for a lot of years um and they've really refined an act but maybe they never moved out to LA or New York or Chicago or like a big city where mm-hmm. they could quote unquote break through and for decades making it in comedy you know people weren't just putting stuff out on YouTube it was yeah. like you had to get on a late show or you had to get on SNL or like traditionally the avenues to become famous in comedy have just been a lot harder yeah. serious um yep. you know maybe you don't have a connection to serious fm or whatever it's like yep. now there's a lot of options for people that are good at comedy that just haven't had the the right way to get it out there uh-huh. I, I always tell the comics like you have all the jokes and the talent and the charisma we have all the like Wait, the keys to open doors basically a guy one of the i think our most viewed special right now no shit the the guy was super talented could do impressions could sing could write jokes uber fucking talented he had like nine thousand followers on instagram uh you know was like thinking about giving up comedy to do like like i don't know pursue something else yeah we shoot a special we put it up on youtube it blows up he goes from 10k on instagram to like a hundred thousand followers that's awesome and like multi-million like uh not multi-million dollars sorry clips that go on to do like millions and millions and millions of views Uh he's now a recurring character on a hulu tv show that's awesome bro so it's like who who is it his name's ryan goldshire Okay. Yeah. I feel like it's another name I've Dude, heard. Dude, this but, yeah. fucking guy, mark my words, mark this podcast, will be on SNL in a few years. He's a young guy in his 20s. That's awesome. Bro, he's going to be the next fucking like, impression, music, plays the piano. That's awesome. Fucking hilarious, dude. Fucking hilarious guy. But he just wasn't getting seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The talent and the everything was there. It mm-hmm. just needed to be shown to the world. Yep. yep. So like sometimes it is, and I'm, I, we don't want to take credit for blowing him up because he was, he already had the potential there, mm-hmm. but he had already done the hard work. Yeah, He had already done the hard work. He'd already written the jokes, like written the bits. It was there. It just needed someone to capture it and put it fucking online, yep, yep. which for a lot of comics, like they don't have video production friends. They don't know how to use cameras, how to edit, how to do this, that, and the other. So like, we sort of step in and fill this massive need in this, in this uh-huh. art, in this discipline that we were watching. And, uh, you know, for a lot of people, it fucking pays off. Dude. Mm-hmm. This guy is like on a rocket ship for success now. That's awesome. And That's it's sick. not because of us, but like, you know, we were able to play a, a part in it and mm-hmm. it's like something that we can really hang our hats on. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. How big has like YouTube comedy specials been? I mean, what I feel Fucking like huge. What, COVID and like what Sam Morell, I feel like was the first yep. one who I remember seeing. He was him doing drop it. Something. Matt Reif, Andrew Scholes. There's been a mm. lot of them over like the last three, four years that have been putting stuff out for a while. It was just like, they'd put crowd work stuff on there. Yep, yep. Um, but now they're putting like full blown, like yep. highly, highly produced specials on there because there's such a big fucking audience looking for mm-hmm. comedy specials on YouTube that like, um, the, the really super hot name in comedy right now is this guy named Matt Reif. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know yeah, him, but yeah. I mean, dude, he did like fucking like 10, 12 million views on a special, wow. which is 
That's yeah. a lot, man. I mean, yeah. I know like for Mr. Beast, that's nothing, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for, for a comedian, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It might even be more. I'm, I don't, you know, I don't check it daily, but I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it probably is. And it's just insane how many, uh, views like these specials are getting even like, I think we'll hit a million on one of ours before too long. And you know, we're like a very small fish in the pond uh-huh. still. I mean, like we're definitely building the name and getting bigger and actively growing. Um, but like, dude, we're still pretty much a small fry compared to like a lot of companies that have been yeah. doing this for a long time. Like Comedy Central, you know what I mean? They've yeah. been doing this shit since the nineties, maybe earlier. So like we're a fucking bug to compared to them. Right. Yep. Um, and we're even like finding success doing it. So I think like, it's going to be really interesting. And a lot of c- comics are like self-producing their shit yeah, and putting it sick. on their I own YouTube. Yep. So that's fantastic. I mean, I um, think there's a lot of interesting parallels there to like the music industry, how like the internet and stuff like that kind of democratized, like, yeah. And even the playing field and like, um, and I, I mean, I'm not a musician, so I can't speak to it, but I always am like, when I see an independent artist remaining independent and doing stuff like that, like it's just every, every time I see it work out, it's always better in my opinion than if they had signed to a label and done a bunch of stuff like 10 times out of 10, you know, it's, it's, and I think it's, um, I mean, music is another thing because it's so saturated, right? There's Mm -hmm. so much, there's so much out there. Um, dude, I do want to just make note. I have to meet a guy. Oh, yeah. And if you need to roll, we're, yeah, we're like a little over an hour. Um, So, yeah, if you want to wrap, we can do that. Yeah, I guess, I guess to wrap. um, Real quick, one thing I want to plug. I'm actually later today shooting a video down at the Bengals tailgate. There's this uh, sweepstakes that I saw by whether love him or hate him whatever jake paul's doing this thing with his new betting company hold on before you plug this give give me the five minute how the fuck did you sneak into whatever the fuck because didn't you sneak yeah. into some jake paul yeah, event? I what, I wanna, was, give me the five minute version right. of that story i'm very yeah, curious yeah. he was in cincinnati um promoting his new betting app which had just gone live like sports gambling had just gone live in ohio uh-huh. so all of these like apps and companies were just like promoting hella shit uh-huh. in Cincinnati and uh, like basically doing a tour. Uh, I think like his company better was doing a tour through like Cleveland, Columbus, Ohio, trying to get people to sign up for this app. I had saw that morning that he posted on his story that he was going to be at the Hooters in Newport, which isn't even Cincinnati, but it's like <laughs> close to Cincinnati, literally like two minutes from my house. And I was like, Ugh fuck like all right i'll go yeah, see yeah. I, I was like i gotta see like he's gonna be doing a q a like hanging out talking to people there's gonna be like these uh these guys that are like basically influencers and in sports gambling and um i was like all right fuck it i'll go like just show up see what's going on hang out get some wings and a beer just like check it out and then i kind of got the thought i'm like damn i should like take my camera i was like because <laughs> there's been a few times i'm pretty good at finessing my way into shit oh, yeah i did a high viz vest i've gotten into every jujitsu tournament that i haven't yeah. competed in for free with just a camera and a high viz i just roll yeah, in yeah, yeah and yeah. if they stop me i go oh i'm shooting for I'm you media guys. Yeah. yeah media yep. and they're going all right yep. yeah um i literally have said just like showing up to somewhere with a camera you know being talking to people be social but don't be in anyone's way don't yep. be annoying and don't be a nuisance and you will go so far yeah dude yep. dude i i ended up getting like a media pass like That's getting awesome. all this shit like basically walking up to these guys they were like kind of like uh 
blocking off a corner of the restaurant so that they could set up a table for him and his team to like hang out, answer questions. I think they were watching a Bengals game, like uh, bet on the game, talk to people, shoot the shit. And I like walked up to the thing and I was like, Hey, um, I was like, is it cool if I cross the line? Like I didn't even, I didn't even make them think that there was any question that I was supposed to be. I was like, I'm supposed to be here. I'm just going to ask like, Hey, I'm allowed to shoot on the other side of the line. Right. And these two guys are like, wait, are you with so-and-so media? And I was like, Yep. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, come on over, bro. That's awesome. So I just like had my camera in hand, had my camera bag, walk around. Um, I'm kind of just like sticking to myself, being quiet, not yeah. trying to really draw too much attention to yeah, myself. Yep. Um, and then I'm like sitting around for an hour, just grabbing pictures, whatever. And they start passing out, they start passing out lanyards with like a media pass or like mm-hmm. a better team thing on it. And uh, I'm like, hey, I think I'm supposed to get one of those. Just don't want to get kicked out or anything. So the uh-huh. guy's like, oh yeah, man, here you go, toss it to me. <laughs> so then I'm just walking around the event with like this better team like That's lanyard awesome. on, and uh, yeah, it was just really cool. I got to, I didn't really get to like talk to Jake Paul directly, but I was hanging out with his team, like meeting like the guy that founded the betting app, this guy Joseph Levy. Um, That's hilarious, dude. Who is like yeah just super smart guy they've dude they've gotten like millions of dollars and they're a startup and they've got i think they're on like i looked at linkedin the other day they're like series a or series b so they just got like 30 mil 30 mil injected into the business into the app so like seems like they're doing well but anyways i'm doing this sweepstakes for them uh later to what so there's like opportunity where you can potentially win $10,000 and then get a job for the better media company hmm. if you create an original video promoting their app. Interesting. So I really just want the 10 bands. And I think the <laughs> yeah. job would be cool if that – I don't know. I don't. I like what I do now, but yeah. um, I want the $10,000. Yeah, yeah. Ten, and, 10 grand is, yeah. is uh, old, old it cash is kind of Yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of a long shot because like you have to have like people – there's like multiple rounds of like – fan voting so i'd have to get a bunch of people to vote for me through this thing but potentially could win a lot of money and i'm gonna go down to the banks today for the bills Bengals game because i know it's oh, gonna be yeah. crazy yeah yep. um our, uh, shout out to mar hamlin uh, <laughs> but like i know that's gonna be a really crazy game and i'm just gonna walk around i still got that better media pass oh, there you walk go, around with yeah, the camera guy all your old media interview passes. people get it nice get them to like make bets um i'm gonna have like do like five picks for five dollars to win free money which is like the little pitch i'm giving Uh i'm gonna make like a minute long video where i'm walking around like different people at the tailgate having them and like the whole way that it's like a micro betting like uh basically the the structure of the app isn't like pick this team or pick this team it's like players specifically Mm -hmm. so like you'll bet so like Joe Burrow throws for over 200 yards mm-hmm. um over plus or minus and then it'll be like uh more or less than one interception like mm-hmm. you know over under and I'm just going to be walking around with Bengals fans having them pick like so and so over and under 20 yards receiving or 20 yards rushing or whatever and then just make like a fun video that if their pick hits I'm going to Venmo them, whatever the winning, I'm, I have like, five, I'm going to let them use like five of my dollars to make, uh-huh. to make these picks. And then depending on if they hit and they win, uh, I'll get, I'll send them the Give money them the or win, whatever. Wins, yeah. yeah. So like the idea is to just fu- cut together like a fun little video of people, um, 
Yeah, just getting some like funny, entertaining, like That's craziness sick. at the tailgate, interviewing people. I think I need to maybe give them some incentive to like, like I don't know if they download the app, I'll give them a beer or something yeah, off camera. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like I'm still kind of thinking about that, but hopefully by the time this podcast goes live, that video mm-hmm. is live and people are actively like voting on my submission. Sick. So I will yeah, send yeah. you the link. I'll plug Guys, it in. I'll plug help it me in. win ten thousand dollars. <laughs> hell yeah! Hell yeah! Um, but yeah, that's really the last thing I wanted to end it on, Riley. Sick. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Happy to, uh, happy to have you say, um, yeah. And do you want to plug, plug socials or anything like that? Sure. Yeah. Um, so my socials are all, uh, underscore G C O L L G call for Garrett Collier. And, um, you can check me out on there. I post a lot of fun stuff. Uh, check out four by three, four by three comedy on Instagram. Um, that's like all my work is, is up on there. And then, um, also check out, countdown new year's eve that's the brand i'm helping out like, okay, create sick. some content shit for so Hell yeah. if you're in the los angeles area and you want to go to a really fun new year's eve festival check them out but sick. thank you and that's all i got awesome sick and then uh 